Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. everybody, welcome to the Cover Band Central official podcast for number 198 for Tuesday, April 25th, 2023. I'm Steve Witchell in New Orleans. I'm Tony, big time, coming to you live from New Jersey. What's happening, Steve Witchell? Turn the up. Today it's our birthday. Yeah. <sighs> yes. Um, we'll talk about that as our topic. Nine years ago today, I started the Cover Band Central Facebook page. And uh, I'm going to talk about the history of that, why I did it, and um, what I was looking to accomplish, and and kind of a report card on my birthday of what, uh, how how I've done as far as what I wanted to accomplish, and then what I'd like to do going forward. Um, but we are broadcasting live right now, Tuesday, April 25th, 7 p.m. Central Time. If you're coming in live and watching us here on the Facebook page and the Facebook group or on YouTube, come on in and say hello. Tell us where you're from. And uh, we'll say hello back. And we'll... Eric did. I know this is Eric. He said, Congratu- congratulations, handsome gents. What's up? That's... Somebody else said, happy birthday, boys. Nice. A L- lot of emojis there. Yeah. I like it. Music. Uh, Daniel sure. said, ha- ha- happy natal day. I don't know what natal day is. Okay. I don't know. Anybody else, come on in and say hello. Tell us where you're from. We will say hello back. Like Natalie did, is in Florida. Nice picture there with family. Like it. Hello, Florida. Uh, Ron, uh, Ron said happy birthday. He played bass in a few cover bands back in the day, whatever the day was. Back in the day, Steve. Back in the day. Vonda's back. She's from Michigan. Hey, Vonda. Hello, Vonda. Thanks for coming back. Chad's in uh, Pennsylvania. Says to rock on. Yeah, it's rocking. Hey, go back. To, Mike, he had a nice picture there. A little uh, looks like he's a drummer. Michael with uh, Smudge said happy birthday. Uh, yeah, I'll go back. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I see a symbol mm-hmm. and a hi hat. Yeah, hi hat. Hi hat, maybe. Yeah. Snare. Nice. I like it. 
Barbara said happy birthday. Thank you, Barbara. Sandy's in South Georgia. South Georgia girl. Michelle said happy birthday. Sarah's in Massachusetts. Oh, natal means birthday. Duh. Of course it does. <laughs> Prenatal development. <laughs> happy natal day. Thank you, Vonda. Yeah. So, uh, so there's that. Uh, we were off last week, and uh, indeed we were. Yeah, we're we're getting close to 200, so we'll have something special for 200 <laughs> in a couple weeks. Two more episodes. But if you're uh, we're newly on this platform called uh, Pantheon, and there's a ton of music podcasts on there, music related podcasts. It's, that's all there is on there. Yeah, it's great. It's a great network. And then we're on the. Uh, you can listen to it on the megaphone format. So uh, the, the link is in the description there. Uh, for megaphone, click on that. You can listen to all of our previous audio podcasts. One through one ninety eight are on there, or one ninety eight ninety eight will be on there. Yeah, so you got one hundred ninety seven yes. hours prior to tonight to get caught up on. Yeah, good. I've listened to over the last couple of weeks, dude. I've listened to a couple, and they're good. Like especially the more recent ones. Now that I got my sound booth here, um, the sound is quality is much better. Dude, if you think about how far we've come from episode one to even from episode one to 100 and then from 100 to 200, I mean, it's, you know, it's quite it's, it's quite a jump. Right. I mean, the, the, the content, the quality of the content, Steve, is was always good. It's only gotten better. But, you know, the act. Yeah. The and the delivery of the podcast is, is surpassed any expectations we may have had early on. Yeah. I think it's fluctuated over the years. There were some times when it was not so good. Um, based on what more what I was doing on my end than you, uh, but now we got it. I was going to say I have stellar performances. You, you do episodes, so I don't know what you're talking about there. But you do. I You've been cons- yeah. I wouldn't fault yourself for anything, Steve. I think it's been consistently excellent. Well, you've certainly been consistent throughout. Uh, Cindy's in uh, Jersey Shore. Jersey up, Shore, Cindy? Cindy down the beach. Michael's in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Thanks for checking in. Barbara's in Georgia. Yeah, uh, hell yeah. Um, also, you can give stars if you're watching on the Facebook page. That's a digital gift you can give to us if you yeah. like the content. It's a way of saying thank you. And uh, they come in packs, I believe. And one star is one cent. So you get a pack of 100 or 500 or 1,000 or whatever. And if you'd like to throw those our way, we sure do appreciate Spend that. It. Especially for our birthday. Yeah. It's a birthday gift. Throw us a nickel. You know? Come on. That'd be a birth- nice birthday gift, right? Yeah. Penny for every a Penny for every year. Daniel said we rock. sense. Awesome. Thanks, Ed. Tonda's in North Carolina. Yep. And Elizabeth says good evening. Um, good evening. So so I got some stuff to catch you up on with my my things let's, that oh, I've been doing. Let's get two caught. weeks. A lot happens in two weeks, uh, Tony. A lot happens in two weeks, Steve. Wait till I get you caught up. Mm. All right. Do you want to start with you? What what you got? No, I don't want to spoil your enjoyment, but I, I can go first if you'd like me to. Well, I don't know how much enjoyment is coming from this. Some of it is unpleasant. Okay, so let me go first then so I can at least preface that with some enjoyment. Okay. So, had a couple of gigs since last time we talked. We got a new mm-hmm. subwoofer for the PA. I think we talked nice. briefly about that last time. It we was, did, we did. It yeah. was good. But, you know, we just we bought, we bought it. It arrived. We brought it to the gig, hooked it up. And in five minutes had it running and used it. But we didn't fine-tune it or really go through, you know. So this past weekend, we had no gigs. So we got together at the guitar player's house. He graciously hosted us, the singer, singer-guitar player. Nice. Okay. Hosted us outside on his deck 
and we set up the entire band with the entire PA and we rang out the PA went through everyone's vocal mic, got all the levels correct, got the monitors correct, got the, all the effects on the vocals correct. And I had a buddy of mine, Mike Brennan, who's a professional sound guy. He came up in the afternoon, gave us some pointers, then stood out front and we played, you know, because we play a very eclectic mix of tunes, right? From right, you know, right. loud to soft to dynamic to not dynamic, from Steely Dan to Van Halen to The Who, you know, so it's every song is something different. So we don't have a sound guy or the luxury of a sound guy to constantly tweak the sound depending on who's singing, you know, what the uh, genre of the song might be. So we were able to do that. So we rang out the PA and then uh, my friend Mike stood out front and we played a bunch of songs and he gave us a critique and then we dialed it in. And I would say that our PA sound prior was maybe a six quality wise. Six out of ten. Six out of ten for the monitors and like an eight out of ten out front. And I think now yeah. we're probably an eight out of ten with the monitors and a nine out of ten out front. Nice. Yeah. So that was exciting because we finally got to shake out the PA. Now listen, I use in-ear monitors and I have my own sub mixer, so I control right. my whole mix. So the monitor mix for me is outstanding every time because I control it, right? So if something's too loud, I lower it. If it's more, I put it up. Right. These guys are using traditional, you know, wedge monitors on the floor, and some guys are sharing a monitor. You know, Jim for his keyboard monitor has a dedicated monitor, but it doesn't seem to be able to get loud enough for him to hear it. So trying to convince these guys to go the in-ear route, at least me and Jim go in-ears. Uh, I got the bass player in, in my in-ear monitor mix now as opposed to prior. I just had his cabinet next to me and I could kind of feel it, but now I actually mm-hmm. have him in my in-ears. So very productive, uh, exciting weekend ringing out the PA system because, you know, garbage in, garbage out. It's no fun playing a gig if it sounds like garbage, especially in your monitors, because it, it sounds killer out front. But these guys are struggling with the real crappy monitor mix. You know, it's feeding back. They don't have the right balance. Um, you know, so that makes it a struggle, right? Because, you you know, as well as I do, that if your monitor mix is crappy, you're, it's a struggle to play. When your monitor mix yes. sounds like a CD and you can hear everything crystal clear, you play effortlessly. You don't play as hard. You sing. You don't yell. It's a whole different environment you know agreed i'm i'm envious of you that you get to use in here so i would i've used them before i love them and i wish i could and i i mean talking about pa problems not having your mix right yeah i experience that all the time fortunately for us uh we have one sound man that does most of the clubs on bourbon street which is crazy really it's just one guy he sets up every band gets some you know sound check line check Try to get a good mix, and that's it. Set it, forget it. Um, and often we have to get a call them back in, like something's feeding back. Sure, yeah. So I mean, it's it's a constant battle of, I mean, trying to get what you did, what you had the luxury of doing on a weekend day, and you had people to come in and advise you as well. But, so let, but let me preface that by saying it took six or seven months to get that to happen. You know what I mean? Like right. we talked about it, talked about it, talked about it. And then finally it was like, you know, like the past gig, the one guy was like, the monitor mix is horrible. I said, guys, I've been telling you for six or seven months, let's go ring out the PA. I'm not complaining because my mix is stellar. My mix sounds great. I'm not screaming. Right. I'm singing. I'm playing relaxed. It's great, you know. But to your point, too, I have to have in your monitors because we play everything live to a click. So I need right. a way to be able to hear that and no one else to. So if I had a right. regular wedge monitor, it'd be very hard to get the click in there. I would still right. have to wear some sort of earphone, you know, earpiece. Right. 
But like you said, it does improve other people's playing when they could hear themselves better. And, you know, with you, with the in-ears where you could hear it like it's a CD and all those points you made about you don't play too hard, you don't, you don't yell, you sing. Um, and yeah, that, it's a world of a difference. I, I highly recommend it. And it's better for your hearing too. You're not blowing out with super high-end sounds. That, no, because I can control the volume because I have in-ears and they're, they're, they're sound isolating to some extent, right? So I right. can adjust the mix so it's comfortable. And I don't get right. bleed because they're they're very well isolated, you know. I'm amazed when I pull my in ears out at how loud the stage volume is and how difficult it is to hear clearly everyone's parts as opposed to having right. the in ears. So you you adjust, you know. That's you that's what happens. You just you just you know where the if the guitar player is low in the mix for for you, mm -hmm. which is the case for me in both bands, really. Like if I were to mix it, it's low. I could hear it though, so it's like okay, your ears adjust. You figure out where it is in the grand scheme of things, and you, you know. Sure, but if you can hear it crystal clear, it's, it's oh, night yeah. and day, you know. Oh, and so night it'll day. be interesting to see. So we rung out the PA and did the test outdoors, right? Like you know, in an open environment. So it'll be interesting mm -hmm. now to see when we bring those settings because you know the digital board, you can save the scene, and it saves all your settings, so you can call it you know, test one you know, setting, right? And then it's, it saves your scene. So it'll be interesting to see how that outdoor scene translates to an indoor gig. Yeah, I was going to say that too. You know, location is important and you know, PA is going to sound different in any different location. 100%. So. At least we got a baseline to start from and then we'll, you know, right. we'll go from there. Right. Um, so that's all my excitement, Steve. That's that's awesome though. I, I Again, I'm envious of you that you get to do that. Um well, it's not for lack of effort. Like I said, I mean, it, it's you know, sure. it's a different environment, right? Like, you know, we're a band with no subs. It's a democracy, pretty much. You know, we vote on what songs we're going to do, and if someone doesn't right. want to do something, we don't do it. You know, unless he's outvoted, and it's very fair. But for something like that, it's just it, it was a must. You know, because at the gig, you can only get the sound so good. You know, we probably spent six or seven hours. You know, mm -hmm. on this 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 event here, so you know, even fifteen minutes before a gig to sound check, you can only adjust so much. You know, so it was nice to have that luxury. So I'll let you know going forward with some updates of of how successful it was. Yeah, I look forward to hearing about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm gigging um, this weekend, so I'll let you know next week. Oh, nice! Is it indoor or outdoor gig? Funny you should say that, Steve, because it depends on the weather. It's supposed to potentially rain on Sunday. And if that were the case, then it would be indoors. But it's a big venue, holds three to 500 people, you know, easily. But mm -hmm. outdoors would be similar to the environment that we had just tested it in. So if we can, if we can play outdoors, I think we'll be golden. Right. Happy Excellent. ninth birthday to us. Yeah. That's right. Rock, uh, got a couple of people still congratulating us. Rock on. Uh, like uh, Porch Pirates. Yeah. Like the band. Uh, Barbara likes my red solo cup. <laughs> celebratory drink yes. in, in there. I'm not going to tell you what it is, though. No, I'm not going to tell you. Mary's in uh, Tacoma, Washington. Thanks for joining us, Mary. Deborah's here. Um, so, yeah, a lot of stuff went on in the last uh, couple weeks in my situation. And uh, for recap, I don't want to have this up the whole time. Okay, there we go. Um <laughs> <laughs> you just put it up occasionally to get some applause out of it and some birthday. Yeah, it's it's, it's a big thing, and we'll big deal, after man. I give you the re 
after I give you the recap, we'll talk about that. But um, so two weeks ago, I, I okay. Recap is I, I play on Bourbon Street Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I play in two different bands. First band starts at two o'clock. We play till six fifteen. Second band starts at seven o'clock, and we play till one thirty on Friday and Saturday and Sunday. Generally midnight or earlier. Um, and second, it's a long day. The second band is right across the street, which is why right across the street started which, within a half an hour of ending another gig. Yeah, which I really kind of for the first time this weekend realized how lucky I am and how rare that is because there's other bars on Bourbon Street that could be I could be playing at that's for the second gig that I'd have to walk. Yeah, you know I'd have to walk a couple blocks or, or a few blocks or whatever. Which is a pain in the ass. I mean, that doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a pain in the ass when you're bringing gear over and 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 all that. So it's pain it's, in the I, ass I, if you're a drummer and have to bring gear. Yeah, definitely a drummer. But anybody. I mean, because I carry shit back and forth all the time. Um, but the fact that it's back and forth, that it's across the street, is incredibly rare. And, and uh, I realized just how fortunate I was this weekend, like, not because I had any extra work to do or anything. I just kind of realized it. Like, well, I don't have to. I don't have to go down a couple blocks to the crazy corner or a famous store or whatever. I can just walk right across the street. Yeah, you know, and that's not something that most people get to do or experience. So, um, pretty cool. Um, but anyway, so that's the recap. I do that. I've been doing that since October, really. I'll say hi to a few more people. Patrick in San Francisco. Shirley's in Kentucky. And uh, Cliff on YouTube said, happy birthday to CBC from Michigan. Um, by the way, the link for the YouTube channel is in the description. If you're watching on us on Facebook, go check out our YouTube channel. Click on that link and check out all of our previous videos. Uh, not just this, the podcast, but there's other stuff in there. And make sure you subscribe and hit the bell. There it is. Wow. Um, so, uh, so I've been doing that for a while. And the first band is called Cornerstone and... Not, I'm not the band leader, but I do basically manage the band on stage. I'm kind of the musical director. I call the songs. I, you know, say when the tip jar goes out, all that stuff. And quite often I'm getting singers to come in and sub for us. Like I'm the one that's responsible for it. I've been picking up the pay every week. I, I do a lot for that band. I do the tip app thing. And it just kind of came to a head a couple of weeks ago where on Saturday... I was I had just been so stressed out doing it, not because of, it, of the work, but because of the non-compliance or uh, cooperation of other band members. Meaning, uh, when we use a sub, we need to know some different songs usually. And I gave them a heads up a few weeks ago, like, you know, when we use this person, please, we need to pick up these songs, and it was just like three or four songs, and you know, they haven't done the work and like any work and I'm doing all this work and I just got really kind of pissed about it. Um, it was, it was, it was busy on Saturday. We were getting a lot of requests on the app. People are, uh, singers are getting requests. They're trying to communicate to me what it is. And then guitar players making noise, like noodling between songs and I can't hear. And I kind of snapped at them on stage, which is not the right thing to do. But I was I I did. Uh, it wasn't that big a deal, but it was it was probably inappropriate. And then it just kind of escalated. Well, we went on break after that, and uh, you know they communicated to me that that wasn't cool, and I said yes, I know. And then just a couple other things happened. 
and we're, it was a perfect storm of tensions. Let's put it that way. And a lot of um, people were drinking a lot. Not me, though. Um, and it kind of blew up to the point where I was like, I quit. I can't. I'm not doing this anymore. I was really upset. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then I went across the street to play with Rockbox. And, you know, I wasn't pissed at that point. I was like, you know, I just... I understood why everything was happening, but it was just so, so much stress. And, um, it, you know, it's, it calmed down and only took a couple hours. And then, I, you know, Jason communicated with me and then we talked, uh, I took the next day off, um, not from Rockbox, but from, from Cornerstone and then talked on Monday and worked it out. And now the agreement is that I'm not doing any of that work. I'm not calling the show anymore. I'm not doing it. I'm happy to come in and play bass. I'm happy to come in and sing, but I don't want to manage the band. It's not my responsibility. It's not my band. You know, so that was... And, so how will that you know, work with the tip app now if you're getting... I'm still doing that. Okay. I'm, I, you know, I agreed to still do that. And all I have to do is, you know, if, if a request comes in, communicate it to the singer. The singers are calling the show. If there's one singer, there's two singers, they're calling the songs. And that's the way it should be. Because often I would have to ask a singer, like, are you cool singing this song? Like, you know, if it's a difficult song, challenging song, sometimes I have to see if the, the singer's in good voice Steve, that day. It's so interesting, Steve, not to cut you off, but just to, to, okay. to, to opine on what you're saying. It's like, so you guys, like, you know, the way you, you do it with the, with the tip app and the requests and calling the, the, the songs, you know, like on the fly, on the stage. You know, that's how, like, Hoi Polloi does it a lot, right? But right. Like, for our band, it's very organized. Like, okay, we're playing XYZ venue this weekend. Okay, so that's a place where people are going to want to dance 90% of the time. They're not going to want to hear epic songs. You know, they're going to want to get up and dance. So we'll structure the set list ahead of time to accommodate that. You know, a couple of epic songs sprinkled in, but pockets of, you know, six or eight dance songs in a row, just enough where people are, you know, they've danced enough and they're like, okay, I'm going to sit down now for a couple of songs and take a break, you know? Right. Which is, you know, drastically different from the way that you guys operate where you pull, pull up with no set list and it's just, let's go and we'll call it as we go, which is cool, but a radically different departure from how I think most bands operate with a set set list. And this is what we're doing. And there's some audibles and some, you know, some, some other, you know, songs in the mix in case the, the guy doesn't want to sing two songs in a row or the crowd is up dancing. So let's call an audible and keep them dancing, you know, but for the most part, the set, the show is already laid out beforehand. So that's the yeah. one to mention that what, you know, in the environment that you play in with both bands, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Neither one of them have a, a set list. No set list. Um, in fact, Rockbox doesn't even have anything in writing um, on the stage. It's just called from memory. But with Rockbox, it's pretty much the same show every night, mm. every or at least every Friday and Saturday. It's pretty much, you know, there's some songs that are different, but there's certain songs or certain blocks of songs that go in the same place, basically played at the same time. Um which is both good and bad too. Um, but, uh, uh, that's another conversation for another time, but, but you're right. Yeah. It's radically different the way we do it. And I, again, I'm envious of you that you get to do that because <laughs> there's a craft 
that in putting together a set list. There's an art to it. And I love that art. And I love, I mean, I've been doing it for a long time, mm -hmm. like doing set lists. Back when I was playing in Jersey and like Mad Rabbit, for instance, which was 2000, 2001, uh, I did the set list, but I would do them at the gig. I didn't do them before the gig. And the reason for that was one being uh, lazy and two, <laughs> and two, <laughs> two conning wanted, wanting to feel out what the crowd was, you know, digging. Um, Interesting. I didn't have a whole lot of songs to pick from in that band. We had just paced maybe a little over the minimum amount that we needed at that time too. That was like, say a fireside gig. We needed 30 songs, maybe 32. Right. Um, so, uh, Jim Albrecht, um, yeah, hoy polloi, there he is. He uh, he appreciates that you mentioned his uh, absolutely because I know that when Kel sub with Jim, you know he was used to a structured set list. Look down, this is the next song, and then he subbed with right. Jim a couple of times, and he said it was very challenging for him to be on his toes to understand what song was coming next because it was just you know rapid fire one into the next one into yeah. the next and and you know and communicated on stage you know with either a hand signal or some kind of spoken. You know, like, hey, we're right. doing this now. But sometimes you can't hear on stage, to your point. Like, someone's noodling. A guy leans over. He's like, hey, we're doing blah, 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 next. And you're like, what? And he's like, blah, 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 what? So it's good yeah. to have signals, like, you know. Yeah, we use hand signals a lot. You know, like, li a living lot. on a prayer is always, like, prayer hands. Yeah, you know, there's always, it's prayer. You know, there's always, like, you know, there's there's industry, cover band industry, <coughs> you know, hand signals that everyone should be fairly yeah. with, you know? Yeah, we did. This is uh, 69. So, That's so, what we do for that. Summer '69. Summer '69. This is this is the hand signal, okay. <laughs> which is pretty good. I got a cough again. Then you you've got peace, love, and understanding for Elvis Costello. You know, we never play that song. Love. I love that song. Though. Yeah, we do. We play it at almost every gig. I I would just do peace. That's all you need. Yeah, peace, and then you know what's up, right? Yeah. Or we or we do the other Elvis or pump it up. You know, pump it up is like pump, like just pump, like pump, pump, pump. Right. So yeah, we we have a ton of them. We in fact, just about in Rockbox, just about every song is there's a hand signal for it, and that was part of the challenge when I joined that band too. Was learning all the hand signals, and a lot of them, like you said, are sort of industry standard. So a lot of them I knew, yeah. but then there were some like like he does this, and I was like, what is that? And that is Simple Minds. Uh, don't you forget about me? <laughs> That's what he does, no, pointing to his brain. He used to do cut, cuts like a knife. <laughs> That's like a knife. That's good. Scissor. Um, but so Jim said, like, uh, no set list is the only way to go, basically, because you don't know what the dance floor is going to be that right. a couple days prior to the, the show. So I, being that I, I approach this as an art, um, I uh, I love doing it on the fly because I love um, um, put making it make sense and, and seeing an immediate result. So at Bourbon Street... Are you know we have traffic that foot traffic that is always walking by and that and the the goal is to get them to hear something to draw them into the club and then once they're in there to entertain them so they stay and buy drinks and tip the band and all that so I can usually kind of get a feel for what's going on in the street and then base it on who's walking in the club and then I base my song selection on that but there's other factors that I consider um, genre. I consider the key all the time. The key is almost the first thing I go to 
all right, like we're playing in D. What's another D song we could go to? That's almost the first, always the first thing I think of, the key of the song. It's easy to segue if you're in the same key, mm-hmm. you know, from one song to another. And those guys, for the, to their credit, Jason and, and, and Chris, who I've been working with for a long time, are very good at that. Um, if they know, if they're paying attention, they know what song's next. They're very good at just go keeping it moving. So that's sometimes that is the case where that's what we need to do is just keep it moving. But it's inter- Bourbon Street is interesting in that you're almost playing to different clubs yeah. during the course of a day or a night. You know, like for most people, they have a gig that's a destination gig, which means that people will go there, they'll stay there for however long they stay, right. and then they go home. Yep. They're not wandering around other places. They're co- they're going to that place for the sole purpose of seeing the band or eating or drinking or whatever. Yeah, they're staying there for the day. or the, or right. the They're evening. staying there for the day, yep. for the night, whatever. Um, but in our case, it's not. So a destination gig, sometimes it could be a club with three people and the, and the staff, and that's all you're playing to the entire night. Um, sometimes you go and you play to a moderately sized crowd. Sometimes you're playing to a packed room. We have all of those during the course of a day. So when when there's a, only a couple of people in the room and there's not many people on the street, eh, we're more casual. We're not trying to segue from one song to another. Sure. We interact with the crowd a lot more that way. So And that, for us, is very, very effective in keeping people there, getting them buying drinks, tipping the band, and liking what we're doing, and coming back, too. We get people that are there in New Orleans for the weekend – and they come, they'll come on Friday, see us and like us, and they'll be there the next day. Sure. And and that happens a lot. And um, so it's an interesting dynamic for, for, for me to put together a show based on those factors. Like, what, what kind of room is it right now? What kind of room is it going to be in 10 minutes or in a half hour? I have to kind of plan it like, well, what am I going to want to call in an hour from now? Well, you have, that, the- you have that flexibility because you're observing yeah. and you're doing it on the fly. And it's interesting how... That approach, if you're comfortable with doing it, right? Because I'm sure if you took a, a, a band like mine, right, that everything is on a set list regimented through three sets. If you said, hey, guys, we're going to play this next gig with no set list and just call out songs, it would be a mm-hmm. disaster for the first 10 gigs until you got used to doing it, right? So you've been doing it for so long, like Jim has. But the interesting thing is that you'll do it in, in an environment where the crowd is constantly turning over. But yet Jim will do it in a destination gig environment, right? So it's applicable to both scenarios. It's just a matter of being comfortable with it and having enough experience at doing it that you're you're not only comfortable, but you're good at reading the room and then Mm -hmm. assembling the list on the fly, especially if you're the band leader and you're the one calling it. Because as you're playing the song and perusing the room, you've already got two or three songs in your head, right, that could be coming next depending on the key. Yes, always. I, I mean, I'm always thinking a song or two ahead. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even and, when you're a song or two ahead, you have two or three songs in mind that could be next. And you have to read the room and say, yeah, we're going to do song number two right. of my three next. What's up, Steve? Steve's been out and about lately. Making dinner. Um, nice. Uh, Steve uh, is a piano player, singer, and he jumps up. He subs with Rockbox a lot. And he was out uh, last week. Bon appetit, Steve. Yes. Um so, uh, so anyway, that you know, that for me is a lot of work psychologically. 
you know, I it, it's it's a mental strain to think about it all the time because I I'm, I really think of it as an art and I want to do it as well as I can to yield the best results. But are you stressed people. on stage while it's happening or, or are you in a flow sometimes where the songs just come? Both, yeah. Yeah, both happen. Mm. Um, usually not stressed, just usually trying to plan it out. Yeah. Just, just looking at what I got and Paying where... It. where where do I want to go? Where do I want to take this band today? Um, based on all the factors that I, I have to consider. So so it was agreed that I'm not going to do that anymore. And this past weekend, I did not call the show on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at Van Sand. And it was fine. You know, they did a good job, uh, the two singers. They're a little all over the place. They don't think of it as much as I do, the way I do, like constructing things. But... It doesn't matter a whole lot as far as the results we get. They're, the two singers we have are very good at interacting with the crowd. Uh, and that's our you know, that's our, our niche kind of hey, listen, that band compromise is, is gonna be either eighty percent, right, of what you could do with right. other people doing it and you not having to do it, or you know, a hundred percent but you have to own it. So I guess right. that's really the challenge, right? Is to relinquish the control to somebody else, mm -hmm. to be able to accept the fact that it's maybe not going to be the same as you did it or as good as you did it. It's going to be different. Right? It's different, and I'm and I did. I fully accepted it, and and I was like breathing a sigh of relief. It was a lot of weight off my shoulders. Yeah, I I enjoyed myself much much more this past week. That was my next question. Did you enjoy playing? Yeah. music more not having to think about the shots right because if you're not calling the set then you're just waiting for the next song right so you're not preoccupied with what's coming next right halfway through the song you're more exactly. concerned with finishing the song and playing your part and then being to, you know someone giving you the cue on what's next exactly that's pretty that's so, pretty liberating steve from the position you were previously in yeah i i agree and um an improvement on on the situation i think all around and uh, yeah, it'll be great going forward. So it made really kind of the whole weekend much easier. The whole, even though I'm still doing the doubles, it kind of made Rockbox playing with Rockbox easier. Great crowds again this this past weekend. The last two weeks, uh, a lot of young college kids in town for formals this we this weekend, and uh, it was still spring break I guess the weekend before. Mm. So very enthusiastic, very good looking crowds, and. Um, and a uh, ton of fun. You know, I get to Rockbox. I am playing better, I believe, than I ever have in that band. Um, I'm very comfortable with, with the songs. Like I said, we're doing the same songs basically all the time, sure. the same show. So I'm very comfortable with them. Um, my tone is better now that I switched the amps out. And I'm using a pick for most songs now, too. And that kind of sounds a little better, too. So anybody, any player knows that tone is something that you're constantly working on so oh yeah um, no i mean especially um, you know for every instrument right i mean even drums right, right? i mean everyone tunes their drums differently but there is a way to tune them to get the most out of them you know right thanks steve steve said i'm kicking ass with rockbox yeah thanks buddy. second now oh third um, it's 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 certainly fun i'm definitely having a lot of fun with those guys and playing in that room playing to nice crowds and and playing those songs and all of it um, but Steve, I, I hope you're feeling better. He's recovering, recovering from hip surgery this week. Mm. Um, it seems so, to be a pretty speedy recovery nowadays, though. The technology 
because I have a couple of friends of mine and relatives that have had hip replacements, and it seems like within a couple of days they're up and walking around, and within a week they're like mobile. Yeah, like Jim just had it done. Down for like, you know, I think he had it done on a Tuesday, and we had a gig on the weekend, and he was he was he was at the gig, standing playing. So maybe this is more common than you we think, because Ron White here says. Um, that he plays in bands with song lists, but not set lists, because you have to play that to the venue. And they all sing lead. So when one guy's singing, somebody else is thinking about what song is next. So that's that's cool. That's yeah. an advantage when everybody sings. But, no, but to his point, not a set list, but a song list. So instead of calling from memory, he can look down and see the, the 50, 60, 70 songs that they might do, right? And peruse it right. quickly and say, okay, yeah, pick this, pick that. But right. to your point, I think, uh, and, and I don't think Jim Albrecht has a, any list in front of him. It's you know once you've been doing it for a while, you just know your your set and you know the songs that you do. And they you know, I mean to be able to recollect them on the spot is very impressive, right? Because I mean, I well, I, could, when I, you've been... I could recite to you the seventy songs that we have, but if you, if I had to call the show and we were playing, you know the third song and I have to call the fourth and fifth one, you know, I'd have to really think about like what songs are in the repertoire that, that would fit here. Right. I mean, it's a little yeah. different because I think you guys do a lot of the same songs, maybe in repeat fashion due to the changing over of the crowd, as opposed to, you know, having 35 songs and that's all you're going to do. Yeah. But like for rock box, for instance, when you've been doing basically the same show for five years, six years, seven years, you know, you don't need it written down. It's there in your head. Yeah, understood. Um, um, but I like personally when I'm having when I have to call the show. I like having it in writing, whether it's on an iPad or a notebook. I I use a notebook with printed sheets of paper. Hey, do you think that it's it's due to the fact that you guys could play the same set, same songs night after night because it's a different crowd? Like I yeah. like I know yeah, we yeah. couldn't get away with that. Like if we're going to a venue, we got to look at the set list we played last time to make sure we got new songs in the rotation. Like we try to not play the same songs at every venue this way. If fans are coming to multiple venues, they'll be like, Oh, this is great because you don't play the same songs here that you play there. Or I know if I see you on a Saturday and a Sunday back to back, you're going to play two different sets, you know? Mm-hmm. So that that's another thing to take into consideration. Right. And that's a good way to go about it. If you have a crowd that's a regular crowd, you want them coming back or you want to, you're trying to grow your audience, like come back and see something new. Um, So, yeah. So we constantly try to add like two to four songs every month. So we constantly Mm -hmm. have new material, you know? So at this gig, we're breaking out three new songs, four new songs, you know, whatever, one new song. At least it's something new that no one's heard and they appreciate that. Right. Yeah, um, I definitely agree with that. Um, but yes, you're right. We can do the same show because it's a whole new crowd. And not only is it the same songs, but it's the same shtick. Rockbox does a shtick with a lot of shtick with, with a lot of things um, in between songs, during songs. Um, and it's the same exact shtick, shtick, night after night. You know, which is, it works because, you know, so it's funny, you know, silly. And it works because it's a brand new crowd and it's if it's funny once then it's going to be funny every time to new people but i laugh when i see jim's comment 600 songs he's got in his mental repertoire right it's a lot of songs man right so 
kudos to you, man, to be able to pull out song number 588. But but let me that, ask that, Jim that, this. That no one's played in a year and a half, right? But <laughs> let me ask Jim this, though, Jim Albrecht. Do you have a, a master list somewhere written down? Are you saying you don't have it written down with you at the gig, or do you just not have it written down anywhere? Because that's crazy to me. Like, how would you not have – how would you not – put together uh, in writing you know your your song list well steve because it, sometimes you need to to share it with other people if you have somebody subbing all right here's our song list i'll send i'll email it to you so i'm i'm curious about that. i don't know how that works because here's 600 songs we're going to play 35 at a gig and i will i will determine the 35 songs we're going to play at the gig so right. just brush up on all 600 so that you're available. Right, right. When I call the 35 available songs, you're prepared to play them. I think right. in that event, you would have to give the sub the courtesy of saying, yes, we have 600 songs in our repertoire, but we're probably only going to play these 50, you know, and at least narrow it down to give the guy a right. chance or the gal a chance, you know, to, to get their head around it. Right. But listen, it's almost, yeah. you know, it's we only got 20 minutes left and we haven't even talked about cover band. Sentence. But I, I, but I can say that that drives me kind of nuts, though, if especially if I'm working with people subbing for the my band and I, it's my job to get them to sub and I've never worked with them before, especially singers. And I say, OK, can you send me your list of songs? Oh, I don't have a list. Okay. How do you expect me to know what to tell you to sing? If you don't have a list, see there it goes. Jim said it, we have an Excel sheet on website with all six hundred. That's what I mean. You have it written down somewhere, you know, so you can refer people to it if they need. But to. that's nice. He said that he lets the bride, like for a wedding gig, pick seventy songs out of that six hundred list, you know, and oh, from yeah, that that's, seventy, that's what you do. they'll pair it back and say, "Here's what we can get to," you know, right? Yeah. Um. You know, I should I don't have a personal list for myself of like all the songs I know. And that's something that I should do. And it would be fun to do. I've never needed it. You know, I've never never needed that for any reason. But it would be fun for me to just see how many, exactly how many songs I know, like know that I could play yeah. right. right. But you right know, what's now. interesting, too, is like I can remember sending a, a, a doing a private party and having the, uh, the client say, hey, send me your master list because I want to pick the three sets of music that I want to hear. Right. Then they pick them and they may not be the greatest selections, right? Like they're just songs that they want to hear, uh -huh. but then you try to structure it in a way like no one's going to dance to that. And if you want people to dance, like, you know, and, and we've had that happen, you know, we're playing songs and uh, someone else comes to be like, you need to play more danceable stuff. And it's like, well, right. your host picked the entire set list, you know? So, right. After that experience, we refrain from that. Yeah, that's you know, probably smart. We're coming to your private party. We'll bring it. We'll play what we want to play. Yeah. Here's our typical genre of music we play, and here's our set right. list. But we'll be we'll be selecting. You know, if you have a, if you have five songs that are must hears, definitely send them to us. But you're not picking all forty songs. Right. Yeah, that's the better way to go. I think. Yeah. Um. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. So, yeah, I don't know. We got on set list thing. Yeah. It's cool. It's a great conversation to have. Hey, this is Wisdom Hour, dude. It goes where well, it goes. Well, no, it's not. It's not wisdom hour I mean, anymore. it's CBC hour, so it, 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 the, the conversation <laughs> goes wherever the conversation takes it. We may have a plan on what we want to talk about, but then something important might come up that warrants a further... Yeah. Well, it was related to what I what expansion. happened with me, with, with me, you know, calling songs and now not calling songs. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but much better. It's all as peaceful, you know. Uh, uh, you know, got a little heated there for a minute, but that's what happens when you're working with people. Uh, this often and doing something that's highly emotional and um, and all that. So, and we must remind ourselves, Steve, that gigs are fun. We play music for fun, for enjoyment. Yeah. And, and yeah, and I did have a lot of fun this weekend. So um, I plan to continue that. Excellent. Uh, um, this coming week is next two weeks, Jazz Fest in New Orleans. So it should be fun. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of people in town. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I should have had the banner ready. The banner. There it is. Ninth birthday to us, yes. nine years ago. Nine years ago, I started the Cover Band Central Facebook page. The truth is the real birthday, if you want to get to the birthday of of the name Cover Band Central. It's in June. Uh, I don't remember what the date is, and I really should know that. It's like the 20th. I think it's June 20th. Uh, no, 19th. I do know the date. June 19th. Which now is called Juneteenth. Yes. And it, and it wasn't back then when I started Cover Band Central. Uh, but I, the first thing I started was the Cover Band Central Facebook group, June 19th. And you were 20, calling it Cover Band Teenth, so it's kind 2013. of... 2013. <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah, I call, it was 2013, June 19th. I called it Cover Band Central, and that the group was the first thing I started, but... The whole thing didn't really start to take off until I started the page, which was April 25th, 2014, nine years ago today. And my goal was really to uh, have a community at first, you know, just to have a community. I knew there were people all over the world that played covers because everywhere I've been and I've traveled, you know, pretty well, there's musicians. And generally every musician either plays a cover or has played a cover. Mm -hmm. And I knew that this community existed, but there was really no home for it. So I came up with that name and created a home and then um, did a lot of writing. I was doing a lot of writing and I wanted to share my writing with other people. And I, that was really the way I wanted to do it was to put the community to, to, together that would read my writing, that it applied to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I started the page and that's where I kind of learned how to curate content and come up with post schedules and grow the audience and 
I've been sticking to it now for nine years. Every day for nine years, I have worked on the Cover Band Central Facebook page. And we're at 671,000 followers. Um, and it's been growing exponentially, so I expect it to hit a million early next year. So I can only hope that the the viewers and listeners of this podcast can appreciate the nine years of effort and dedication that you've put into this because, you know, I've known you for much longer than that. And I remember when you launched this endeavor and started it, you know, long before the podcast was even a thought. And it was a great idea. And it's 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 really exciting. And it's a testament to your dedication to what you know you believe in and, and to grow this platform. And I really hope that people out there in the group appreciate that, that this is not something like, you know, that is an easy thing to do. Anybody can do it. Just jo- join in. You know, that's why I like when people are on and they're, they have commentary or it's, 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 you know, it's snarky or whatever. It's like we don't have time for that because you're invested your time and your life into something that's, that's very valuable and that a lot of people get a, a lot of enjoyment from, a lot of information from. And, you know, at least some comedy relief from the podcast because there's really no nuggets of wisdom in there. Just, just, you know, just fun. But, um, you know, and then, you know, the impetus of that is then the the, the birth of the podcast from the cover band central, which has now brought us to where we are today. So if you look back from nine years ago, from your initial idea to today, I mean, it's like millenniums of light years you have traveled, Steve. So I, I salute you, my friend, in your efforts for, for bringing this to the public and to, for keeping it alive and for asking me to do the podcast with you, uh, which yes. we're now almost 200 episodes in, which we never thought we would be 200, 200 hours of podcasting. Yeah, I don't know oh, that we did. I, I don't think that we even so I, considered it, I, really. I think my we're point just... that I'm trying to make is that the time is going to pass regardless of what you do. So... Spend your time doing quality things that matter because you're going to blink your eyes in two or three or four or five years is going to have passed by you. And you want to be able to look back and say, yeah, five years has passed or 10 years has passed. But look what I've accomplished in those 10 years, you know, or look how much better I've gotten at playing my instrument or look how much I've advanced in this or that. or Look how far my band has come or look how we, you know, we could barely even play songs. And now we're actually out in clubs playing like the time's going to pass. So invest your time every day in something worthwhile because the cumulative results of what you invest your time in are going to be your legacy, right? And they're going to be the things that carry you forward. And you're going to see progress with, you know, you can very easily do nothing for nine years. And yeah, nine years has gone by and I'm nine years older and I'm grayer and I'm, I'm older. And, you know, what do you have to show for it, though? You know, right and today you sit here before everyone and say nine years ago, I, you know, I took a chance on my idea and I grew it to what it is today. So yeah, I commend you, my friend. Thank you. Well spoken, Tony, and I appreciate that. And and uh, you speak the truth there. You just, you know, doing something you might not see progress in a day, in a week, in a month, in a year, but then the cumulative uh, effect of that, you'll see a tremendous amount of progress if you put if your time into something worthwhile and that's the key is worthwhile it's got to be something that you have passion for that's something that you're going to do when you don't feel like doing it um got to stick with it yeah and that's something that's been consistent for me you know throughout my whole life is music music has always been a driving force for me even well before i played it 
um, you know, a lot of my life was based around music and just the, you know, the things that I, the passions that I had, the love that I had, like going to concerts, listening to record, my record player or whatever. Um, so it, it, you know, it's, it's a passion of mine and I still get the same amount of juice when I see a new band or a new artist or something, I discover a video of somebody doing a cover that is like blowing it out. Um, and I still get the same chills and the same passion that I've always gotten. So that, for me, that's how I know that this was a right, this was my calling to do this. I'm I'm the person that was born to do this, to do this cover band central thing. Well, and if you pursue Out it, of seven, eight billion people. Yeah, and if you pursue it with passion <laughs> like you have, right? It's like anything else. It's like you're a, 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 an aspiring musician and you take lessons and your teacher gives you a lesson for the week, you know? And if you're proficient, let's say you 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 go through that lesson and you're like, I spent an hour practicing it and I know it and I'm good and I'm prepared for my next lesson, right? So when you're young like that, you think like, man, I'm killing it. I'm way ahead of the curve, right? But not many people think to go to their teacher and say, hey, man, you know, the stuff you're giving to me, I'm, I'm, I'm conquering in an hour. And I really have nothing else to practice for the week, you know? So it would be mm-hmm. good if you could challenge me more, you know? But yeah. I think as a young player, you look at practice like, oh, there's something I have to do because I have a deliverable on this, right? But then when you realize, if you change your perspective and say, I want to become passionate about practicing because the more that I practice, the quicker I'll become better. And the quicker I become better, the more proficient I am on my instrument, the more creativity I'll have and the better I'll, the, the more suited I'll be able to be to express my creativity on my instrument, right? And I'll be able to convey my ideas and my thoughts through my instrument, through my music. And, and it's more fun. And it's, it's way more And it's more, way fun. more fun. Yeah. But if you look at practice like, oh, I got to practice today because I got to do blah, blah, blah. You know, it becomes a chore, right? It becomes like anything else. It becomes something that's not desirable. When you turn into something that you're passionate about and after a few months of a daily routine and some diligence, you see tremendous results, you become even more empowered to be like, holy shit, man, if I stay with this, I am going to really have some results that I didn't expect. I didn't realize I I was even capable of this. Yeah, I'm doing I'll tell you maybe later or another time, but I'm doing it with my my current eating program. Mm. I don't want to call it a diet because diet diet implies that you're depriving yourself of something. And I'm not doing that. I'm just eating smart and, and regularly and whatever. And I've been doing it for a couple of weeks and I've already seen results just a couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm yeah. already seeing results. So, um, but like Albert said it too about weights here. He said, practicing was like lifting weights. You lift and you lift and you lift. And one day you're strong practice, practice, practice one day you improve. And that's the truth. And I, you know, we, we talked about it before, even recently, you know, how much I'm playing and it's me practicing. Me playing is still me practicing. It's how many hours Um, you're on your instrument weekly. Yeah. And I almost feel weird. Like come by, come Sunday after I've already played 200 plus songs on Friday and Saturday and I put my bass on I feel like it's almost weird to not be playing my bass. It's almost more uncomfortable to not be playing my bass than it is to be playing my bass. Yeah. Um, And you know, people are always kind to me. You know, people say nice things about my playing and stuff pretty much every week. And I'm always very grateful, um, but very humbled by it. And just, and I don't, I, I think like, huh, why? I'm just doing like, mm-hmm. I'm just doing the thing that I do all the time. Like, it's not that big a deal. 
but of, of course other people see it differently and I, I don't see it from that perspective which is good you know it keeps you grounded um and uh uh but i it's definitely it definitely works you know all the stuff you're saying is just you keep at something and you know i've been playing bass now for 40 years and i've i've never not been playing in a band pretty much you know no likewise i don't think a day has gone by that i haven't had drumsticks in my hand right you know in my entire right. like in, in, at least in the past 30 years you know if not more because when you're right. younger you know you don't have that type of discipline but once you you get the bug right and you're in a band and you're taking lessons and you're you're seeing results i mean for mm -hmm. me it just empowered me to practice more and when people told me oh man you're killing it like you to what you just said you're humbled by it and say thank you it, it's like it's it's kind of like validation that all of my efforts are kind of being recognized. It's not a thing where it's like, yeah, of course I'm I, good because I practice a ton and you know, thank yeah. you for recognizing that. But I already know I'm good. You know, it's like I almost feel like it's weird though because I almost feel like, really, like I, like you say it validates. Like I don't need any validation. No, no, by no, no, but I don't. Not I, that I I know you didn't mean that, yeah. but but I, I definitely I'm saying, I don't instead of taking it like hey like. You don't need validation, but it's like instead of taking that compliment, like of course I'm good, you know. You say right, like, right, right. Well, it's, thank you for noticing You're that humbled, because I've yeah. worked really hard on it, and I'm humbled because I know I can be so much better than I am right now. Instead yeah. of being like I'm, I'm great, you know, and I'm never going to be any better. Like people that have that attitude are never going to be any better, right? And they might no. be great, but they're not going to be greater because they're not mm. pursuing it. So as long as as a musician, like, and to your point, we're constantly evolving and saying like. I'm humbled by that, and you have no idea how much better I could be, you know, if, you know, come see me in a year from now type of thing, you know? So it's like you're always striving to get better, and you're never comfortable or sitting on your laurels saying like, yeah, hey, man, of course I'm good. I've been playing drums for 40 years, or I've been playing bass for 40 years. Of course I should be good. No, you know? that just feels it, weird, it, you it, know? Exactly, <laughs> but there are people out there like that. So when I say yeah. validation, it's like it's more like it's not validating like your your proficiency – but it's kind of like kudos to you that you've put in the time to develop your your ability to a point where people notice it. It's not like I've right. developed my ability to where I'm great and I, I have a head, you know, I have a big head about it and I have an ego about it. Right. As soon as you have the ego and you think you're great, you've you've lost the 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 essence of what it is to be creative and have passion about what you're doing. Right. Because yeah. as an artist, we always want to be better. And, you know, I know like you and I shared the same thing where it's like that sucked. Like I played, I didn't play, I played 85% of what I could have done there. But to someone in the right. audience, they may be like, that's the greatest thing they've ever seen. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Like, an, like an artist painting that. a picture, right? The guy paints a picture or the gal paints a picture and says, yeah, it's all right. And then it gets, you know, rave reviews and sells for, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars at an art gallery because someone else saw it and said, oh my God, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Yet the yeah, person all... that's created is like... It's good, but it's not my best work, and I'm sure my next painting is going to be even better. You know? Yeah. As artists, we're very, very uh, critical of ourselves. We are, time. but we can't be down on ourselves. You know what I mean? We can't be. Right. We can't be down. Right. But I want to read this comment. It's going to cover our faces here. But this is nice. Facebook user said, "I appreciate Steve's work and that dedication to cover Band Central." CBC has been a place where I can ask and answer questions on professional topics as well as network with other musicians in different locations and make professional connections that can help me grow my business. When this business can be somewhat dog-eat-dog, -dog, it's nice to find other musicians who are generous with their knowledge. Steve Wichel is a genuinely kind professional. Thank you 
for your contributions to the profession. Facebook user, thank you for saying all that. That gives me chills, and I really, really appreciate the recognition of that. Um, and again, you know, the same as we're just talking about, like, I, I'm not doing this for any sort of validation whatsoever. I am, I am enthusiastic about my passion and love for music, and that is what drives me. When I see another band killing it, I hear another singer that, that just sings something in a different way or better than I've ever heard it. I just, it's brand new for me again. I absolutely love it. That's what continues to drive me with this. And I, I do like teaching and helping people and imparting our, my wisdom. And, and that's why you and I kind of got along at first and we did it for each other Yeah. and the, the, how we started the podcast, we called it the wisdom hour and we wanted to kind of impart what we've known and learned and experienced to other people. And uh, that continues to this day with this podcast, even though we're calling it a different thing now. But it still has the uh, same content, and like you said, yeah. we're still, you know, humbled by the, the, you know, everyone's, you know, comments and accolades, and you know, to your point, Steve, anything you do with passion and from the heart that's genuine is going to attract the, you know, other people of like mindedness. And I think you, yes. you know, really accomplished that with this Cover Band Central platform. And people realize that, and they appreciate it. So, yeah, and it's nice to hear it. It's, yeah, it certainly is. So I appreciate that feedback. Um, you could also show some appreciation by going to coverbandcentral.com. Sign up for a profile for you, your band, or both. It is free. That is the hub for all of Coverband Central stuff. If you want to contact me or Tony, you can go to Steve at coverbandcentral.com. Is the email. Uh, uh, I mentioned YouTube. Follow us on YouTube. The link is in the description. Subscribe to that. Hit the bell. Yeah. And and you'll get notified when we go live. And uh, PayPal.me slash Coverband Central is our tip jar. Yeah, if, if you want to, want to throw... send $100 to Tony, just that, that's the address right there. There you go. Or you want to throw a couple bucks in there. Whatever you want to do, give us some stars. I mean, see, if you talk uh, stars, which are pennies, man, I'm talking hundreds, you know? So you got you to shoot yeah, higher, yeah. you know? Yeah, and I I think it deserves that. So, <laughs> I, hundreds for sure, thousands, Tony. Dollar per episode, man. Come on, hundred ninety eight dollars. We'll take it. Again, happy ninth birthday to us. Thank you guys for being a part of this yeah. ride. I can't wait to hit a million. By by year ten, it will be a million. Yes, no doubt about it. So uh, stick around. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your pets. Um, <laughs> Cover Pet Central is the way to go, baby. We'll see you next time. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.